0: It's the Green Umbrella Marketing Social Snippet Show.
1: So here we go, episode 37 of the Green Umbrella Live Lunch. Um, so glad to be bringing this episode to the Social Snippet Show. This week we have Glenn Seldom joining us. Now Glenn is a recruitment marketer, he's someone that we've known for a long, long time and Um, there's been several clients where he's taught strategy and we've come in and we've worked on the implementation side of stuff. So we have a really good relationship with Glenn and yeah, he runs a community called the Lonely Marketers that we're really, really quite proud to be part of as well, if I'm completely honest. Um, It's such a fantastic organisation, really, really supportive of recruitment marketers of every level. Um, So, yeah, let's dive in to the episode, have a listen, see where the conversation takes us, because, you know, when you get marketers together, anything could happen. Hi, Facebook. Hi, LinkedIn. Hi, YouTube. Hi, everywhere else. We've hit the button to go live on today. Um, It's Thursday. It's 12 o'clock. And so we're here to just hang out and have a bit of a chat on the Green Umbrella Live Lunch. I am, I'm actually quite excited today. Not just because it's Thursday and I get a bit giddy halfway through a Thursday most weeks, um, but also because we've got Glenn Seldom joining us today as our as our special guest. So um, I was about to like go into this long introduction then, but actually, Glenn, why don't you introduce yourself? Because there's like about a million things that I can tell people about you. All of which are nice.
2: Yeah, yeah that's what I was going to say. So I'm not sure whether that's a good thing or a bad thing, to be honest. Uh, firstly, thanks for having me on the show. Um, yeah, so long-time long watcher and listener, first-time appearer. Uh, but yeah, f- from, from my background, um, I'm kind of a little bit of a recruitment dinosaur, not in terms of my views and everything, but been around for God knows how long in the recruitment industry now. Um, yeah and the, the dog's obviously aware of me as, as well yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I, I, I was a big
3: I, fan he's a big <laughs> fan <laughs> um,
2: So I've, I've worked in marketing I have done for 15, 16 years worked in various recruitment companies, um, international ones, big ones, small ones every shape and size. Uh, and then over the past two and a half years've I've just been been by myself working as a consultant and an advisor. And across that time, it's evolved into me doing the marketing stuff. Uh, started a podcast which Christina and Amanda have um, have both appeared on. Um, Amanda most recently a couple of weeks ago. Uh, a community evolved out of that by chance more than anything else. Um, again, that that both Christina and Amanda are part of. And yeah, it feels like I've been blagging the past two and a half years, but it seems to have worked out. Okay, in that in that respect, to be honest.
1: Do you know you all you always make comments like that, and you're um, you know you, you use that phrase kind of um was it jack of all trades, master of none? Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: But there's not much you don't know of when it comes to recruitment marketing. Yeah, marketing I, 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 th- I think
2: I think that's that's uh, I, I'm not an expert in, in anything like that, but I have always taken that approach of always wanting to give something a go um before asking somebody else to do it um which means that i screw up quite a lot and i think it's just me being nosy a lot of the time it's like i want to know what's going on I'm, I'm nosy like that all with everything you know god knows how many times i've fallen into wikipedia wormholes if i notice something that i don't know about it and an hour's gone and just reading topic after topic um but yeah that's where i am hey.
3: <laughs> I prefer curious rather than nosy. I'll
2: take that. I'll take that. Yeah. Killed Your the, cat. Curious Killed the cat though, didn't it? Killed the cat. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: So just before just before we went live, um, so Mark was, we've sort of chatted about branding and that kind of thing. And, you know, sometimes you, you come across clients that are... Um, they're not quite all. They're not quite connected up with the brand, or they are looking at. You've got people in a business that are not marketers, and they will come to us as an agency, or you as an in, in, internal marketing support, um, and they come out with the funniest lines. And um, within the lonely marketers community, um, we share stories about the like the the crazy stuff that gets said to us. Yeah. Um, and, I, and I have to share, I have to share a little story. And I'm sure you'll have stories of, of your own. But a couple of weeks ago, I was talking to Amanda about a presentation and her head just went sideways at me. And she went, Christina, are you asking it's me gone. to jazz it up? Mm. <laughs>
2: classic, classic phrase.
1: Little bit of me died at that
2: point. <laughs> you, turn, you, you, turn Can you just jazz
1: place? it up a bit? <laughs> <laughs> But you must have had you must have heard some um, some dingers over the years and those sort of awkward moments where you're like, this is brand. And I know Mark, you get really frustrated sometimes, don't you?
0: It's one of those things, isn't it? You just want to do the best for people as well, though. That's that's what I, you know, and you've got to feel passionate about it and and it's like being a brand guardian for, for our clients as well. So when when you see something, you think, oh no, please don't do that that's that's that sinking feeling inside and as we've said sometimes sometimes you have to do it unfortunately if they insist but, but. yeah I think I, I
2: certainly early in my career I probably still am a little bit of that kind of that people pleaser type type thing and you do you, you just you just do stuff I think a lot of it comes that when it comes to like branding and marketing like from a visual point of view obviously we live in a, kind of a subjective world, don't we? Everyone can have an opinion on something, how, they look, how they look and feel. But equally, everyone thinks they're a marketer as well. They think they understand brand and they understand marketing. And, and the reality is um they don't. I think in a lot of the cases. But it's very hard sometimes to explain that long-term <laughs> stuff um, because there's needs, um, as we all know, that things turn around and pieces like that, so yeah.
3: I was asked just yesterday if I could put some branding magic on something. Yeah. Branding
4: magic, yeah. That sounds, I want, I want some of that. That sounds like
0: <laughs> ice, ice magic. <laughs> Going old school. Is it that's
4: that's,
2: yeah. what? Ice magic. Ice. Oh, okay. It's,
0: <laughs> it's always, it's always seems to. I think from a marketing point of view,
2: it's always the smallest things that seem to be the most important things for for others within marketing. I know you know. You 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 will get involved in it, but certainly throughout my career, probably the things that people kick off about the most over my career have been business cards. You know, either <laughs> they need them straight away because they're the most important tool that they've got in their armory, or you know they're they're worried about something being misaligned or you know a little gap or a colours off. Color. Always. I've got no doubt that that's been the thing that people have moaned to me about the most
0: over my career, I reckon, business cards. They, well, they, they seem like very sensible people, Glenn. <laughs> <laughs> Do
2: you know what? Uh, they, they probably even moan about them now. I've had people asking me for business cards business or, 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 or asking people I've worked people with people for business cards over the past six months. I'm like, what? Uh, you know, how? Why? What, what's the purpose of, of a business card now? Well, we have how, many, how many business card card cards have you card? printed? Yeah, I was going to say. Yeah, <laughs> we, 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 have, we have order.
0: actually done quite a few in the recent weeks. To be fair, and in yeah. fact, the last order that just came in before I come online was a business card order. There you go. So <laughs> there <laughs> are. I think it depends on the sector, but perhaps not recruitment at the minute. But that was that was. Um, they're a manufacturing company, so they're probably still out and about there. To be honest, so
2: I think they they retain a, a even from not from a practical level, they probably retain an element of. Um, of, of people just like that physical, the prestige and the emotional connection that having a business card, what that means
0: to someone, I think a lot of the time as well. I think once networking comes back in, they become a little bit more back yeah. in, you know, but yeah, I get what you mean at the minute. Throwing right. them at each other from two metres away. Yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> you've, got, you've, got, you've got to have that in there. But yeah, no, at the minute, I suppose, yeah, if people are not out and about, they're not particularly useful really. But yeah, if people are, you know, getting back out there and hopefully will be next year, then there's still a place for the Humble business card. Yeah.
1: 100%. Do you think people miss opportunities with them though as well sometimes? Like we've seen, we've kind of, I don't think we see it so often now, do we, where you've got a business card where they just haven't used the back of the card at all or not used it in a smart way or, um, and I, I do remember, this is going back a few years now, Mark, Um it was, it's a, a brand that we work with that are internationally based and I think it was some people out in Asia and it was like all the letters after their names went over a couple of lines. Uh,
0: yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I, I think I know what you mean. But yeah, that kind of thing. Again, where people think that's really important to have every qualification they've got in the world on a business card. <laughs> yeah. No, maybe just keep it to the ones that are important if you really want, you know, letters past your name.
4: <laughs> I saw one uh, mark of the day. I don't you might think it's pants, but I thought it was quite cool. So it was a plain business card and then in the middle it had just their email address. But then it had, um, it, had it had divided the email address into different sections. So obviously above their name, they had sort of like a I don't know we call it like a um, bracket type thing. and then above that it said me. And then under the at bit, it had another bracket underneath that and it said social media accounts. And then it had like a bracket over the whole email address and it said email address. I just thought it was quite clever how they'd like yeah. divided it and they'd had every, it was really simple. But I thought it was quite effective. Although, I think, you might, Like I said, you might think it's pants. Is
0: anything <laughs> that you can do to make it different.
4: Yeah. I mean, I thought it was quite different. And it was clever how they, would well, first of all, managed to get all of their social media handles exactly the same and secondly how they divided <laughs> it all up. <laughs> yeah.
2: Surely surely corona's going to see the I know I think you spoke about it not long ago or wrote about it, Christina. There's going to be a rise of QR codes appearing on business cards, isn't there? Where now people are used to scanning and doing everything now. Yeah.
1: yeah. I I I think there's so much opportunity and I think people are more open to it as technology as well. So um, I, in fact, the, the someone else we're we talking to at the minute, they do a lot of stuff with um, sort of 3D graphics, that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. Um, and um, what's it called, Mark? I was trying to explain it to you the other day and you were like, yeah, I know. And I couldn't think it's of the sort word. Of. Like,
0: sort of like holograms,
1: isn't it? Holograms, yeah, there you
0: yeah. go. Yeah. Uh, like, like Star Wars type type stuff that's yeah yeah,
1: yeah. um and but you can i mean we'd had a conversation ages ago about you know doing things like rec expo and like what could we do with a giraffe that might be quite cool just to do something a bit different (laughs) obviously it was all very like you know we we didn't do it at the time um was you know just one of those sort of you know drunken conversations where you have really good creative ideas hundreds (laughs) of thousands of pounds um but it's interesting at this point now. When you're like everywhere you go, there's QR codes. So whether it is you know just because you want to order at Nando's or because you've gone somewhere and it's your track and trace or whatever it is, I think that that resurgence is going to happen, and, we, and people are going to just think smarter about it.
2: Yeah, and technology is better. I remember when they the first round of QR codes, like on on your phone, you had to you had to download like a. Oh. QR code reader now you just open up your camera and it automatically detects it doesn't
0: it so there's no effort it's you know
2: taking all the friction
0: out of it mm-hmm. i think the linkedin sort of thing being able to connect to people straight away on linkedin it's probably a good thing to do yeah. as well if you are going to use that on business cards i know you've got the double the the, the does the thing the work on the app where you can connect to people by bluetooth type thing oh yeah true. nearby yeah. who's nearby Yeah. yeah. yeah.
1: Um, but things like the QR codes, I've started, I, I don't use it all the time because it depends on what I'm doing, but um, I've started like putting the QR code like on my final slide. So it's not just say, oh, you know, connect with me on LinkedIn. It's, LinkedIn, it's actually like, here's the photo, go and do it. Because if we'd have been face to face at an event, I'd have been do- using the find nearby thing at that point when everyone's agreeing yeah. together. Um, I'm not seeing many people use that QR code in their presentations at this point, but it is it's interesting when you're presenting a webinar or something and sort of saying to people, okay, well, you know, put your questions in and, um, you know, whilst, you, whilst you're whilst you typing your questions in, and the QR code is on screen, just take a photo, connect with me, and you start seeing them ping in on your phone. It's like people do actually do it.
2: Right, even, even even now, you know, you, you could do it virtually, can't you, on Zoom calls, on these types of calls where you usually have your logo yeah, yeah. you know, webinars you know, There's no reason why that can't be done now
1: yeah absolutely um i don't know what's going on today we're getting quite a bit of feedback so jane it's i'm not doing it on purpose i I think it's you or me
4: oh jane's muted
1: what'd you say (laughs) i wonder why you kept muting
5: me sorry (laughs) (laughs)
1: It would be really funny if I just muted her again at that point. Um, Cool. (laughs) So I, um, obviously, because I'm like a podcast podcast addict addict right now, now. I um, just, yeah, could everyone else hear it as well? Yeah, I just heard it then, yeah. (laughs) There's nothing worse than hearing your own voice.
4: (laughs) I find it so uh, off-putting. When you're sort of speaking, and then you can hear your own voice back to you, it's so. Oh too. yeah, that's a nightmare. I hate that. Glenn,
1: do you listen to your own podcast?
2: I've never, I've never listened to an episode of the sixty-eight that that I've recorded. Oh, obviously, I listen to little bits when I go in and do like the the editing or anything like that. But I've never downloaded or subscribed one on on any of the the things at all ever. Wow. No. I see. I'll, I would just, be the yeah, opposite. I, yeah.
4: I think I would have to listen. Even when I feel and um, record, sort of like WhatsApp voice notes and things, I have to listen to it back because I forget what I've said. And I think if I said something really silly, I then need to apologise for what I've said. So I have to listen to it <laughs> just to like security blanket. <laughs> yeah.
1: I just I can't bear to listen to it. I, it's like as soon as like just the intro, I'm like, oh, why did I say that like that or like just like completely judging how i sound straight away it's so just... your, your,
2: your voice doesn't sound like what it is in your head is it because that yeah. is a, how people hear you it's a completely different voice to what you hear when you when you speak it so i think that
1: do you know it's, reason, it's, it's not it's that even weird. that bit it's the intelligence thing <laughs> i'm like i'm just like oh my did i really say that like again you know in in the green room we would talk about some of the stuff i've said on you know in the like the last few weeks it's like i just put my foot in it all of the time i'm permanently forming my sentences in the wrong way
0: yeah
1: um so yeah it's It's not the
0: formulation of the sentence of the problem (laughs) It was the content. (laughs) It wasn't the grammar.
1: You're only saying that, Mark, because it was payday yesterday. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But, yeah, so the podcast, Glenn, you're, I mean, smashing it really, aren't you, with that? That's like...
2: It's taken a little bit of a, it, like, took took a little bit of a Back seat during lockdown version one, and I, I flipped up to do to do a few a few webinars and, and things. But I think you know for for the podcast now, you know you, you do see them everywhere. You see a lot of different businesses doing them. Um, my approach now is to do kind of a little bit of a like a Netflix type style, rather than commit to weekly podcasts. Get five or six people uh, recorded, done and dusted, and release it as a as a series. Because when I was doing them weekly, I just, you know, it it was, it's pressure, you know, it's just, it's just nonstop. Mm. It's like pressure to get a guest uh, and maybe taking on, um, you know, or listening to people that you're like, oh, not too, not too sure about. Thankfully, it's never turned out like that, but that is what you risk when you're just chasing that, that consistency sometimes. But yeah, it, it started off, you know, completely, completely selfish reasons for me. When I, you know, what was it, April, April last year, I think I started doing it. it. was like I was having a lot of these conversations all all of the time, like chatting with peers in 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 the industry. I just thought, oh, why don't I just start recording it? See, see, you know, with mates a lot of the time initially, people I knew who I knew, so it was quite comfortable. Yeah, and it did. It just, yeah, it just just snowballed. But it's been great, you know. I I, I speak about. The lonely marketers and everything more than i do about my the business the, the stuff that you know the, the clients that i have and two ends I've, I've i don't i haven't put a post on the the two ends linkedin company page for i don't know a year potentially um but it just kind of shows that the audience is potentially the same on the lonely marketers and it's not as pushy potentially and I'm not a pushy salesperson in that respect anyway. So just that alignment goes quite a long way, uh, regardless, I think. Um, and I enjoy doing it. Um, you know, I think I wouldn't, um, I wouldn't do it if I didn't enjoy it because, you know, what's the point <laughs> in, in a lot of cases. So yeah, I love doing it. I love doing it. I love the conversations. I love finding out what, uh, you know the struggles that other people have gone through, how they've overcome them. You know what they enjoy doing, what they don't. It's just even more so probably now. Um, people, are, I think people are a lot more willing to um, to open up and be and be vulnerable and show their their like their vulnerable side, which which is great content if people are willing to to do it. I think at the moment as well. Um you know, if people want to know human stories. They want to know. They're not. Uh, they're not the only ones. Um, and you'll be you'll be amazed at how you know many of those comments I get either via guests or or myself and say, thanks, that Glenn. You know, it's just it's a little bit of reassurance and or, or something like that. I'm glad I'm not the only one. So, yeah, it's kind of it's, it's served its purpose, but it it hasn't it certainly hasn't come to an end at uh, any time soon.
1: Yeah, it's quite interesting when you're talking to people, finding out like. Again, who's actually been listening? Yeah, yeah. And it's you shouldn't be surprised because you're creating the content so that people can consume it, and yeah. you know, and you can give them those little, you know, that, that you know, just share those those thoughts and opinions and, and whatever with them. But yeah, when people actually come back and talk to you about something you've said, you're like, oh, hold on a minute,
2: Yeah. <laughs> you, you from- actually
1: listened or read that thing I wrote?
2: Yeah, the one thing as, as, as marketers, you know, one of the really frustrating things with podcasts is that that lack of insight that you get from from like audiences. You know, you can get that top level of how many people have subscribed and listened, but it's very well, it's, it's impossible to find individuals that, like if you send a do an email campaign, you can see who's read stuff or open stuff with podcasts. You, you are relying on those people to to reach out to you and have a conversation um, which, which makes it quite nice actually. That that kind of that uncertainty it makes it quite a nice surprise when people do um, do care about it.
1: Yeah. yeah. Um, so, Amanda, I think you you wanted to talk about um, twenty questions, didn't you? Yeah.
3: I just so although I've talking about podcasts, I know you probably want to move it along. I was just curious. Can I ask? Can I change tack and say? Yeah what makes a good podcast guest versus what makes a bad podcast guest you know I'm not asking you to kind of name and shame who's been awesome who's been <laughs> yeah
2: Pres- present company name. excluded yeah
3: <laughs> <laughs> but if you're you know so if someone is thinking like you know this is you know I, I've got quite a niche for my business I'm thinking of starting a podcast what do they need to look for or what do they need to maybe avoid in terms of what makes a good podcast guest oh, yeah. Or, or yeah, or you, bro, stay
2: clear. Yeah, I I, th- I think the the accountability sometimes comes on on the host as much as as much as the guest. I think the host has has a, such an important role to to plan uh plan the show as much as possible in, in terms of structure and 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 making sure the guest kind of knows what's coming without being scripted. You know, mm. bit, when we we spoke, you know uh Christina and Amanda before our show you, you you were quite forward in terms of what you wanted to speak about which was great and it allows you to 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 frame it um I think you want you want to find someone with some personality obviously someone who's already out there and they can talk you see they're active on on LinkedIn and they're, they're willing to have uh an opinion and, and things like that so um you know all oh, my guests are hugely hugely diverse but they've all had a story to tell and it's a tell a story the topic might be the the same but the story being told is in a in a different way but it does come down to uh down to planning i think you anyone who you uh identify if you like should be a good guest but i think it comes on the on the host um as much i would like i i do have i've had multiple kind of emails from like like pr people who have said oh hi glenn i represent this person can i put them on your show and i I, it's a little bit like no not not Mm. really i don't i don't know them well (laughs) enough so i think you like like any mark you know take it down to the principles of marketing it's your identifying your your target audience who do you who do you want on your guest uh, as a guest and and who who do you want to listen to it what stories and i think you have the responsibility to go out there and then naturally people will come to you you know like amanda the way the way you came on the show for example was i put i put it out in the newsletter that i wanted to do guests but i know that every pretty much every single person who reads the newsletter is a target target audience you know recruitment marketing and and stuff like that so it's going going to be relevant so yeah you know there's no I don't think there's any key criteria in in anything I think it comes down to I'd say regardless of what you're trying to do whether it's podcast or anything else is like who's your audience who do you want to listen to it and you create the the content to put in there and that that can mean a person to a certain degree yeah
3: I think like you say, a lot of it's reliant <clears throat> on the host. And you know, I sort of volunteered and said, well, oh, Bob, throw my hat into the ring to come on the podcast. But um was a bit nervous, you know, it's the first podcast I've done. I've done presenting and everything for Green Umbrella. Um, and Christina, we get that from your podcast as well, is it it really is just like a conversation. It felt very natural, yeah. just kind of a chat. Um and I, I did listen to some of it back and I was like, oh yeah, he really hasn't edited. Like that's what I said. So... I've only
2: ever, I've only ever had to edit, uh, but some, sometimes if there's like a gap, I'll, I'll reduce where I might have, I might have like thrown in a curveball, and the answer might be good, but they're
0: like,
2: <laughs> like, like that. but I've only ever had to edit one properly at the request of the host when, uh, when they completely, um, slagged off uh someone a ceo of, of someone and then after the show realized it was a ceo of one of their top five clients who had brought in the best part of half a million a year and oh dear. yeah oh and, and, I, and, and I'm, I'm not an editor I, i'm i'm okay at cutting stuff but yeah it, that, that that's the only time i've done it and for that exact reason i think that that unedited version's quite quite good i, I think you know Uh, over 60 odd episodes or whatever it is you know how to either carry carry on a conversation or cut a conversation or go go another way I think that comes with experience I've never done anything like that in terms of interviewing or anything you know Mm -hmm. it's like anything kind of wing it to a certain description but there's some key elements that you always retain just to create that structure around it so it's not completely a free-for-all
1: Hmm. so um, paul's just put into the comments Good job it wasn't Um, live so a lot of people in that they're producing podcasts, but they are and you know we we do it with this although we don't massively promote the um the social snippet show which is the green umbrella podcast but we will take the audio from this and that gets uploaded we market this we don't market the podcast itself yeah um but then a lot of people are kind of going that way. Now, the episodes I've done myself, I kind of feel like, no, I, I just want that to be for the podcasters to listen to. And I've got all the video recordings. So, you know, and I am I am going to do some, like, snippets and release those. But, you know, that those snippets will appear on YouTube, like, months and months after the, the episode's been available, you know, and, and – what do you? What's your opinion on that kind of approach? Because it is a little bit like putting the same content everywhere, which you know, traditionally as mar- digital marketers, yeah, we wouldn't support.
2: No, I, I, and yeah, the same content everywhere. I, I, I don't necessarily. I see it as a as a channel. Um, and all the feedback that I got was that people were listening to the podcast, um, you know, in, on the drives to work, uh, on the trains to work back, back in the day. And now it's more like, like on their dog walks and, <laughs> in, the, in the morning and things. Um, I, I get the, 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 purposes for, for promoting it and repurposing it. So uh, it's purely time that I don't do it now, but when I first started, I, I'd take like a 30 second clip to promote the episode like just, uh, just but again it was just a, a sound thing that would go on insta or or linkedin but that would be it it would be a 30 second clip to just promote the the audio version and then then when i got a little bit braver and thought oh i need to i need more work for myself um when i when i went and did podcast in person i i do the record the episode and then i put my iphone on a tripod and sit down with my guest and say oh that you know that was a good episode what do we talk about why should people listen and we do like an intro round there but it was never it was never uh kind of uh you know let's put it on youtube let's put it here let's put it left right and center which you know i don't know maybe i would have got more views and stuff like that on youtube but i don't know i'm thinking I'm, i'm that being said i'm i'm thinking now potentially do i do I like transcribe not not like word for word transcribe stuff but can I make 200 300 word kind of like blogs and things and for, for each episode but now it's at like 67 episodes <laughs> I think <laughs> I, might to, I, might to, I might have to get you guys to, to do it for me uh, <laughs> or something like that just to just to build out but but now but a lot of that's because the the podcast if you like and the way it's evolved from a podcast into more of the the community side on the on the lonely marketers and stuff that i may be thinking that can be built out there it's it's just snowballed into a into a bigger thing there but you know that it's something to consider but certainly yeah it's like anything isn't it any uh, it's so obvious when you see a post of any kind and you see it on LinkedIn, on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook, all going at exactly the same time. And you're just, just because mm-hmm. they've used, um, you know, social scheduling sort and ticked everything. And we all know that all the audiences are different and the way you communicate on all these channels are completely different as well.
1: Yeah. Cool. <laughs> so it's really funny with people and podcasts. They're either really, really into it and they like listen to like 10 different podcasts or more. Or they're just not podcast people at all.
2: So I'm not a podcast it. person. But you're not? No. I listen. I, I probably. I, I, I listen to a, What? I, I, <laughs> I, I'm not. I, I listen. I listen to. Um. I listen to maybe a couple of football podcasts a week. That's it. Because you, you,
3: you're you're a runner, aren't you? So what do you listen to when you're out running?
2: Nothing. Is... I, can't, I can't listen to music or or anything oh, when okay. I running. No, You're just in the actual. zone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just uh, I use it as as pure, just thinking, thinking time, really to myself. Oh, okay. Really, no distractions. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
3: yeah. Wow.
1: Okay. <laughs> <I can't> surprises <laughs> me. Don't like to listen to them. <laughs> yeah, <That's so> It nice. <laughs> Surprises me. Yeah. Cool. Okay. So one of the the themes that I think is going to be really, really strong, and I I am going to sit down this weekend without fail and write my blog about what I think's coming next in 2021 marketing trends wise. you said it um, now
3: live you've committed. I know. To it. <laughs> I know.
1: But to be fair I, I can't keep myself accountable to you to you lot so you know the rest of Facebook have got no chance really have they um <laughs> but um you know the whole getting personal making yourself vulnerable I think that there is so much value in that and um you know we Glen glenn and i amanda as well we're part of the recruiting brain foods community and he's hung lee has done this 20 question series which we've both done um and i found it excruciating absolutely excruciating doing it And mine was posted and I got loads of lovely messages from people, loads of likes and that kind of stuff. And I felt really, really positive and like, oh, people like me. And then I think like two weeks later, Glenn's was published and he's just like made mine look like nothing.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Glenn's broke the Internet.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I was like, excuse me. (laughs)
3: <laughs> why why do you think it's so powerful so I guess for people who don't know um recruiting Brave Foods is a community of of recruiters internal and external um Hung Lee's done a great job of building this community and he asked these 20 questions to get to know you better and it's not um some of the conversations we've had offline are about being a bit vulnerable and showing the real you versus doing a kind of x-factor story do you know mm. what I mean? Telling a story, just I can't. I'm trying to phrase it in a way that's that's quite delicate. No, um, yeah, just the, got a, fine line. It's a sub,
2: sub story type, type Yeah, thing. yeah, yeah.
3: But the the twenty questions. Basically, you Glenn, yours had a fantastic response, and Christina, so I know yours did too. Um, how why do you think it's so powerful?
2: I think it's relatable, isn't it? I, yeah, I, I think where you say is when you see kind of like sob sob stories Mm. if you like you feel like in a lot of cases they're they're forced like you you can tell that it's forced to a point of trying to get people to be more emotional than they need to be and you just don't you don't need to be like that Mm. it it, it is literally (laughs) just tell the tell the truth and and be honest which Mm. which is a lot harder than trying to create a a sob story if you like that where you might have exaggerated certain elements to make them more emotional it 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 took me the best uh, i think hung asked me to do it maybe six weeks ago before it was was published and it must have taken me four weeks to 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 answer those questions like going back and forth you know battling with my mind in terms of you know like like say some, some of the questions in there is like you know is is my dad going to read this? What's my dad going to be like if he reads it or, or mm. something like that? And even though he knows everything that's in there and, and we've probably spoken to, you know, other members of our families and friends to a one-on-one basis. It's different when you, when you do put yourself out there. Um He was fine with it. He didn't care. He was like, yeah, whatever. Um, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I think, I think it's, it's, it's a hard, it, I said it, it's a, it was, you know, really hard exercise to mm. do even even some of the silly little questions you know that in terms of being a you know a, a giant monster or whatever and rampaging through a city I still had to think about how to how to answer it type thing I, you know I, I think they were quite probing questions I thought yeah
4: for yeah. me I think it's um sorry Amanda, I was just gonna say for me I think it's quite um there's a time and a place for those sorts of showing that emotional emotional side to yourself. And I think particularly with those 20 questions, that's what people are expecting. People want you to be vulnerable, want you to show that personal element that they might not see somewhere else. But I think sometimes when people just put out a random post on LinkedIn, that's completely out of the blue. Yeah. I agree, Glenn, that's when it looks quite forced and it's almost like, why are you suddenly talking about this now? Whereas that's a sort almost a specific forum for that type of content, perhaps.
2: Yeah. I think, like you said, Christina, when you're doing your kind of your predictions for for 2021 and things, one thing that's um, you know that the past nine or ten months has shown us, and it's a word that's come up so much, is that empathy, isn't it? And empathetic marketing that um, I think we all we all have to kind of take take an element of, but like I say, not not take it not take it too far um, yeah. because. Every business has still got ultimately a product to sell, a service to sell. Um, so that that's still got to be the ultimate goal. But you can, you know, you can be a little bit more relatable, I think, to your um to your customers, your clients, whatever you need, um, you know, who you need to engage with.
1: Yeah, definitely. I, I do. Th- I do think there is a bit though where people people are just bloody nosy.
2: Oh, yeah. You only have have to look at the most popular TV programs, the reality shows and everything. You know, it's no surprise that they're the most popular stuff in the world. And YouTube channels uh, are all of, you know, the most popular ones of, of vlogs and where people are just getting on with their lives, isn't it? People are, we're going back to that curiosity again, isn't it, really? Yeah.
1: So, what do you what are you seeing as being kind of a bit of a something we should be watching out for next oh, year?
2: Well, um, I don't know. Uh, to be honest, I, I think if any, if anything, th- this year has taught me is that I've given up giving up making make predictions and, and <laughs> what, what we should do. Um, I, I, I I hope that it, there'll be a knock on effect from from a period of this year where people might have just planned stuff a little bit more so whether that's like the technology that they're using the way that they're communicating via email means that they'll just use 2021 to to really refine their approach to get that little bit more more targeted in that in that sense i, I don't see any um you know is will email automation take a step forward i don't know maybe uh I, i'm not sure, I'm sure. um I think the principles of, from a marketing point of view, all, all still remain the same. I can't, I can't see anything like, wow, where, where's that come from? Um, God knows how long we've been speaking about the same topics year after year for the past ten years. Um, you know, in the recruitment world, that that we know, candidate experience. Well, yeah, been banging on about that for, God knows how long. The but the very nature of it is, is that people people's needs their desires their wants to change year on year and it's all that's all about just being agile in, in your approach really isn't it and not you know and not sticking to anything
1: yeah like for, for me the, the, the agile thing is it is again is a really big theme. Um, I, I also think that it's going to be the year of adoption it's like it's you know is like the the automation stuff is it going to jump ahead again are we going to see those like massive leaps forwards in voice probably not no because no one's had the budgets to invest or they've been trying to hold cash so they, they haven't done the development necessarily to the level they would have done but actually and I don't think it's just recruitment I think it's all sectors people are just Either back in sort of March, April time, they leapt in and they started using this stuff to be more efficient, or they didn't because mm. maybe the budget wasn't there, what have you, and they're kind of kicking themselves. And next year, it's going to be like, I really need to, you know, I have to make that happen in
2: 2021. Yeah. So l- I
1: think l- l- yeah. it will increase, but I don't see the tech moving forward. It's, no. it's pretty advanced already.
2: Yeah, I think there's been there's obviously been an acceleration in certain areas of you know of use of video, um, video tech, and things like that. Um, um, I suppose the probably the big thing for any companies, you know, looking forward into twenty twenty one will be the, the employer branding piece. I can imagine that's going to take on a lot more uh, importance for people when when they're when they're hiring, regardless of your industry, because probably for the for the next five six years um you know until something else happens or, or you know hopefully it won't We'll be talking about how companies responded during the pandemic uh you know how did they treat their people um and companies gonna have to really adapt to how they sell their their business and their working environment in in what's going to be you know a very different way of working i think for the next uh next 18 months to, to two years in terms of working from home because I, I think that um kind of horse has bolted now I can't see many businesses being five days a week in an office uh, regardless of where they are.
1: So Jane I'm going to pick on you now because you've been very quiet Um, so when it comes to getting through all the reading each day hour um, and staying up on top of things it's sort of Jane and I are kind of looking at quite a lot of stuff so jane what have you seen anything or in terms of the the updates and things is there anything that you kind of think actually there's, there's a lot there's lots of stuff happening with it at the minute other than stories <laughs> said that. i don't know there's only stories
5: <laughs> um, I, think I said another one i think that it's the shopping thing really is the one i've just seen the most of it was just like i said last week i think it was every platform is trying to get you to shop through them and, and that's one of that I just I, the, every day there seems to be another story about someone else that wants you to shop through their platform so I'm not sure whether I agree with it or not though but mm-hmm. yeah it's, it's an interesting sort of trend but that's can that's kind of it, really that I've noticed can I ask a question on that then
3: so
1: no <laughs>
3: <laughs> I was polite <laughs> um, so do you think now then, because everyone is trying to get us to shop through, whether it's Facebook, Instagram, wherever, um there's way more competition for ad space because I was having a chat to somebody this morning who did an advertising campaign, paused it because of lockdown, started it again, and they're like, it's kind of just like stony silence out there. Mm. And the first time they put it out was you know, inundated to the point where they were like, can we turn it off? I can't, you know, I can't cope with all the phone calls. So, so yeah, is that just because there's too much noise and there's too much jostling for space on the adverts, do you think? So that's kind of for Jane or or Glenn or anyone.
5: Well, for me, I mean, yeah, what I've seen with the ads I've been running, um, yeah, and also on my own feed, it is full of adverts. But I think especially at the minute, everyone's sort of holding out a bit. For Black Friday, for Cyber Monday, mm. certainly this last couple of weeks, it's like well, I'm not buying anything now because I can get it cheaper next week, potentially. But um, but yeah, I do think that yeah, my whole feed is full of adverts on all over the place, and there is a lot of competition.
2: Yeah,
1: competition is mad right now. The like the your cost per action when you're looking at your Facebook ads or your LinkedIn ads, it's just it's it's crazy. Um, I think the the stats we saw a couple of weeks ago—it was like LinkedIn advertising, like in-feed advertising on LinkedIn has increased like forty percent since quarter one, Mm. and it's you know it's just it's crazy. And LinkedIn's expensive to advertise on anyway.
2: Oh well, and it's uh, I find find LinkedIn a crazy like the user experience to do paid for stuff's impossible. (laughs) Right then.
1: Jane often rings me when we're doing LinkedIn ads, <laughs> and she's like, <laughs> <"Mwah!"> <laughs> like you expect someone to get so angry." Oh,
2: yeah. <laughs> well, I've had I've, I've, had, um, I've had moments. Um, I remember I've done some work for a, for a client in um, in like the healthcare industry, uh, and we put some money behind the behind a post, set it live, set the budget. I went back like half an hour later and the whole budget had gone. I was just like, what's, happen- what, what's, what's happened there? Like, I, I just didn't have a clue. Um, yeah, funny, funny old platform.
3: <laughs> Do you ever steer any of your um, recruitment clients towards doing paid ads on either Facebook or
2: LinkedIn? Um, not so much. Not so much Facebook. Um now and again on LinkedIn but it has to be part of much a kind of a much wider kind of strategy and and the budget needs to be there um, you know I see I see too many people for example on LinkedIn going straight for like a, a white paper for example it's like oh look here's a white paper download get all the leads and but you're promoting it to people who haven't got a clue who you are um, and as and as much as LinkedIn's Sales pitch, um, if if you like, is to is to get you to spend as much money as possible. The theory behind what they're saying is actually accurate. Where you have to allocate budget to to kind of the awareness piece and to the credibility piece before you can start saying, you know, mm. give me all your details. And and too many people go, just give me all your details straight away, and you haven't got a yeah. clue. So,
3: Sales funnel, isn't it?
2: It is, yeah. yeah. And and that those, those basics are the, are the same. So I I I, I, I tend not to, to be honest, and as it stands at the moment, again, this might be a 2021 prediction, Christina, is that if you can elevate and give the toolkit to the users and the individuals on LinkedIn, the reach there is still gonna be more than enough. Next year, year after, You know, like every platform, I'm sure LinkedIn will go squeeze and squeeze. I think it's already happening now if you look at various posts on there, is they'll squeeze and squeeze and squeeze that organic reach to push people down uh, the paid area, which would be fun. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So we're we're almost at time. So just before we do close, just because you're a fellow marketer and I know we're into all the trends and that kind of stuff as well. Um, are we going to see you on TikTok anytime soon? Oh
2: well, do you know what? I've, I've had it downloaded. Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, what's the point in tracking out an answer? Uh, you know, not, a, not a chance. I, I'm getting wound up by like James you know saying the stories and everything like that. I go, I go on Instagram and look at Instagram Reels, and they're just TikToks that TikTok. have been. Forced into the the, the ratio, uh, but no, um, you know I, I, it's a powerful tool though. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. It's a powerful tool, but I can't see myself on there. And thankfully, both of my kids are too young to drag me into uh, any TikTok activity either. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah,
2: there is. We're we're not ending the show on watch this space. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: Fantastic! Thank you so much for joining us today, Glen. Yeah, really, you for really having appreciate me. it. Um, where is like, where do you want people to reach out to you?
2: Um, as much as we just, I've just blasted it for a couple of minutes there. I suppose LinkedIn. Uh, <laughs> yeah, found I, I <laughs> on LinkedIn. Um, uh, you know, if you're interested in in the, you know, if you're a marketer involved in recruitment or just a, a marketer in general who who takes an interest, you know, head over to lonely marketers.com I suppose there's there's all the past episodes of um podcasts that we've been speaking about there and things like that but yeah LinkedIn, LinkedIn's the best place excellent
1: excellent thanks again really really appreciate it and um for people that have tuned in or are listening to this on the podcast or watching a replay thank you thank you thank you we will be live again next Thursday 12 noon as usual um because we've kind of got a bit mixed up with guests and what week's guests were happening, I think we've got another guest next week, haven't we, Amanda? Yeah,
3: so fabulous next week. We have, continuing the theme of, of fabulousness, uh, we have Joanne Lockwoods joining us next week. Uh, so. Excellent guest. Yeah, so you'll know Jo. She was, she was booked to come in a few weeks ago, but was uh, taken poorly, but is uh, fighting fit again now. So she'll be joining us next week and we'll be having a strong conversation about diversity and inclusion.
1: Absolutely. Fantastic. Have an amazing week, everyone, and we will catch up with you next Thursday. Bye. Oh, yeah, I nearly forgot about the photo. You have to, okay. you have to like, do it for ages. So